the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Oh, well, can't I, you do that in post? I mean, I aren't you so. like a wizard? Yeah, I can. Right. I think you're an audio I, wizard. I, I hear them now. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. Oh. <laughs> hey, welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, Baron Wiley here, and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Easy, El Guapo. Oh, I swear. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Sean. I got a lovely little uh, sock here. Oh, man. A little candy cane. A little, little gift there with, for you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We appreciate all you do, Baron. Well, you do a lot to make the program happen, to make the podcast happen, and we're grateful. Well, I really feel appreciated uh, with this, and then again being a special guest at your Christmas party on Monday night. Uh, well, what? You, I asked you, what? but you were busy. Uh, you, oh, I'm working. Did, Bernie Radio is uh, important. I'm I'm now too big to come and entertain at your party, Did, did you have a good time? We had a great time. Yeah? It was great. Yeah, we took our team, in fact, not just our team, uh, the team from Landmark Church. A few of them came wow. out and were part of our annual Christmas party and All it was right. just great. We went downtown. We were in Casa Rio. They've got a great setup there. Ellie Stevens, who's a member of River City, works with their organization, helping to do events, and they just took care of us. Rolled out the red carpet. It was wonderful. Great, awesome. great group. Uh, so your son and his staff came down too, or just your son? No, Ryan and Rachel and a couple of their team members. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so it was great. And they stayed at your house. Or they go. Did you make them drive all the way back to San Marcos when the party was done. The, San Marcos, I think, is closer to my house. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, uh, they they of course drove home. It's just yeah. San Antonio, San Marcos. You know, I understand. All right, but well, no, it was great. It, it's fun to get your team together and just have fun together. And we mm-hmm. did. We played some games, stupid games that made, had everybody laughing and having fun. We sang some Christmas carols that you don't typically sing. I'm telling you, we got some team members who Rudolph. They were into it, it, okay? I had to give them lyrics to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. But Rudolph, they knew. They know. Yeah, go figure. (laughs) Well, hey, let's talk about that just for a second there. So I think I may have asked you this last year. All-time greatest Christmas song ever. Oh, don't. Don't. Come on, man. Okay. For me, if it's going to be one, you can sing one. That's it. No, I didn't say that. You know, the first that comes to your mind. Silent Night is the one that is going to be that. I mean, just... It's so, be- it's so beautiful. We do our candle lighting to it. It's part, probably the music. It's not necessarily the theology. It's great theology. I love the third verse, Silent Night, Holy Night, Son of God, loves pure light. Mm-hmm. You know, glory streams from thy holy face. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful powerful. song. It is. And so... I just love it. I love so many. Oh, Holy Night is epic. Yeah, that is epic. Uh, the Joy to the World is a, we've talked about this, is mm-hmm. a staple. Mm-hmm. Oh, come all you faithful. How do you? How is that not the most? Uh, you know, anyway, they're they're all iconic. Yeah. But the one that popped into my head, for better or for worse, was Silent, Silent Night. Night. I can appreciate that. We need a Silent Night once in a while around here. Oh, right? yeah. Life's going by so fast and got a deadline's got to rush, got to get on the plane or whatever. I just need a Silent Night. Lord. Yep. Just be still. Yep. And that's true. And by the way, uh, when you say be still, it's not something I hope happens to me. Mm-hmm. 
it's something I do. Mm. So, I mean, I you just, choose to. yeah, while you're listening, if you're listening to this, maybe there's something that God wanted you to hear. You can choose. Mm. You can choose to put a little less into the calendar. You can choose to just be still and enjoy the quiet, enjoy his presence. That's something that we need to, we need to keep front and center. I've said it before. It's ironic that we take this time of year, the son of God, who is the prince of peace, and we make it the year of hurry and of striving and of commercialism. You know, I just encourage you slow down for this Christmas. You've got, we've got, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday. So Christmas is the following Monday. You've got almost a week to just make sure you have a couple little spaces to just go, Lord, thank you. And just mm-hmm. rest. It's a good reminder that he's a prince of peace. I just, it's just one of those names you kind of throw away, but yeah. come on, embrace the peace. Well, prince of peace. And we quote that at Christmas, you know, Jesus talked about peace. I leave with you. My peace. I give you not as the world gives. So the world looks at peace a certain way. Mm. Okay. Lack of conflict. That's one way the world looks at peace. Okay, it's a vacation. I don't have to do anything. Oh, I'm having some peace. Jesus is something different. His peace, that's not as the world gives, is something that happens no matter what's going on around you. Mm. It's something internal. It's Mm. a rightness with God. It is that shalom, that peace where things are right as they should be because I'm right with my creator. He makes me right with others, and so I am at peace. And so, you know, that's what we pray for. And in a season two Christmas Boy, again, as we talked about in the last couple of episodes, too, the peace that we pray for Israel again. Oh, yeah. We need the Prince of Peace. We need Jesus. Yep. Praying (sighs) for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, We continue to do that. You know, there's so many. They're fighting battles on multiple fronts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you realize that they are God's people, Mm -hmm. God's chosen people in the context of Scripture. And there really is, there is a, you you just can see it. It doesn't make sense why they are this lightning rod all the time. Other than that, there is a spiritual onslaught that's happening, not just for Israel, but for all God's people. Mm -hmm. And so you just got to be aware of that and know that whatever is happening in the world, it's real, but it's not all that's real. There is a spiritual reality as well. So be open and aware of that. Well, going back to just listening, we thank you, everyone who's listening right now. Are you looking for some water, Pastor John? You need something? Thank you, Baron. Can I get you something? (laughs) No, I'll get it. I don't want to put you out. Are you comfortable, Baron? (laughs) Thank you, Pastor John. Some drinking water from the Jordan. We've had imported here. (laughs) Have you been in the Jordan? Of course I have. Yeah. Every time we go to Israel, we have a baptism there. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. And it's very special when you realize this is where... Jesus was baptized, you know, and, and again, we estimate as to where, because the Jordan River runs, you know, a long way, but they've got some great places there to actually do that. So it's a, it's a great part of our, our trips. So on my trip in 2000, uh, I got to go to Bethlehem and you haven't been able to go to Bethlehem in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. Did you get oh, no, to Oh no, we that? went, yeah, Did? we went, I met a, a wonderful Palestinian Christian pastor. Yeah. Uh, it was just, uh, just a neat, neat guy. What an encouragement he was. Yeah. What do you remember about Bethlehem? The the cave. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. town is just a town, you know, mm-hmm. Israeli, Palestinian, you know. The cave that you went to that was, you know, kind of the idea that this is probably the stable, the type of stable that Christ was born. And it was not a structure that was built, but more a cave. And the fields where you can see where the sheep were, it was just really yeah. kind of cool. Kind of, yeah, and you can't believe that you're there. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's when you read that passage from Luke chapter two, mm-hmm. you know, watching their flocks by night 
and you're there in Bethlehem and going, these would have been the fields where that happened. It's just mind-boggling. Did you stop and read that passage when you were sure. there? Oh, yeah. That's cool. All right, we need to get back there somehow. Well, praying for, again, this conflict to come to an eventual end and for things to be able to happen again. It's a, it's a wonderful trip, yeah. wonderful thing to do. I'd like to bring up probably the most quoted verse in the Bible. Think about John 3.16 where it starts mm-hmm. uh, with, God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. And so thank you, Lord, for giving us your son. But why did you love the world? Why does God love the world, Pastor Sean? Well, that's a great question, Baron. I, I, you know, people don't usually stop. It's just assume. But the scripture talks about, in First John, talks about how God is love. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's what he does before the creation of anything. And, you know, we sometimes talk about, well, God needed companionship. That's why he created us. That's not true. He had, you know, the the idea is we know that Christ and the spirit of God were existent before the creation of anything in eternity with him. Mm -hmm. Scripture talks specifically about Christ. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God, according to John. So there's this idea that God lived in community. I think we talked about a few weeks ago the idea that the name of God in Genesis, Elohim, is a plural. The verbs are all singular. The name is plural. Now, whether or not that's a reference to what we call this community or what we call the Trinity, which isn't a biblical phrase or not, that's, you know, we'll let scholars argue about that. But this idea that God existed in community and he is love. So this idea of God expressing love and, and, you know, for most people, we've never experienced outside of him a love quite like that. Mm-hmm. A mother's love is maybe the closest we can get to it. But even mothers get impatient and mothers can be selfish at times. I'm sorry, you know, no, not to insult anybody here, right? right? right. Some guys are turning this off. You talk about my mom that way. <laughs> you know, no, but even they're human. Moms are human and they have limits and they have frailties. God doesn't. He is pure, perfect love, holy love for us. And it really is something that we can only find in him. We can even only understand in him. When you say God is like, or even God's love is like, the filling in that blank is pretty much impossible because it's like nothing else. When we talk about agape love, God's love, it is a selfless love. Mm. You know, We talk about it from our level, love being an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. Mm. That's what God's love is like. Okay. So how do I know God loves me? This is a season of the world where, man, loneliness, we talked about loneliness a few weeks ago. How do I know God loves me? It's funny because a quick answer that comes up is, well, the Bible tells me so. Ah, well. Right? Right. You know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We're done. Right. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) And that's true. That's true. But but what you just said, I want to, I want to. The scripture talks about the love of God, but God demonstrates his love for us, Romans 5, 8. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Christ is the reflection of the manifestation. So back to John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. I see the love of God so tangibly in the, the life, the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and just like, that's how much God loves me. When you think of God's love, think of the cross. Yeah, That's how much God loves you. He went to those lengths to make eternal life possible for you. The world has heard for years and years, oh, well, Jesus died for your sins, but may never know why. Why did he die for our sin? Why did he have to kill his son? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, well, you're talking about, again, 
the love of God. Mm -hmm. The reason he had to die was, of course, you know, the wages of sin is death, right? Um, It goes all the way back to the garden. Mm -hmm. And God said, you can eat of any tree, not this one, because this is the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know from the story of the serpent tempted Eve, she ate, man was right there. She gave to him and he ate as well. So they both Mm -hmm. open, eyes wide open, went in and disobeyed the Lord. And, And that act of disobedience kind of started that whole cycle where we are born in sin, mm-hmm. each and every one of us. And you may think, oh, well, no, that born in sin, come on, that's for older people and they make choices. I'm sorry, your precious little baby who you love, they're the most adorable thing in the world. Yeah. It's a, there's nothing like it, man. And knowing that when, you know, we're expecting another grandbaby. What? Very, very excited. Ryan and Rachel, yeah, thank you. Wow. Thank you. Ryan and Rachel are expecting another one probably around April. And what, what is so amazing is that that little baby who, when they come out, are so perfect and innocent mm-hmm. and even seemingly sinless until they have any power to do or say anything. And you see them the first time, they go and they go, mine. Yeah, <laughs> you know? a little selfishness they, is the first one. They look at mommy when mommy says, you got to do this, baby. And he, no. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's like your little darling has a sin nature. That's free will. Your, your little darling has free will and says, I want to be boss. Mm-hmm. You can't be boss. Mommy and daddy are boss. No, I want to be boss. Yeah. I want my way. That's a little infantile version of the sin nature. And it's in all of us. And the reason Jesus died is because the wages of sin is death. And so he died to make our eternal life possible. The, mm. the ultimate gift of love, the ultimate act of love. <laughs> and thank God today we don't have to sacrifice a lamb <laughs> when we sin anymore. Right. That was taken care of then. Yes. Uh, Pastor Sean, make the connection for us on why there's blood involved in this sacrifice. That's a great question. I know when we take communion, you know, the Lord's Supper, one of the sacraments of the church, we share the Lord's table, which Jesus instructed us to take. You know, we talk about the blood of Christ. This is the blood of the new covenant. For the uninitiated, the person who comes like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually a little more simple than that. There really is. It's this idea of justice demands a, a penalty. And the, the wages of the sin nature and of the sins of mankind is death. Mm-hmm. That is the penalty, the just right penalty. And some people go, well, if God were loving, he wouldn't judge sin. No, stop. Stop and think about it. A person who is unjust tolerates evil is not loving or kind or good so god is loving kind and good so he cannot tolerate evil to go unpunished that's just the law it's what the word teaches over and over and over again so jesus christ came died to pay that penalty for our sins and scripture says without the shedding of blood there is no remission or payment of removal of sin Mm. the reality is the life is in the blood we're told you know, and that's why shedding of blood is a significant thing. And it's this idea of the life given to make atonement, to pay the penalty for sin. I'm reminded back in Genesis there, too, after Adam and Eve sinned and blood had to be shed, that God covered them with animal skins. And so that means God killed the animals and provided the, 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 skins. the, the, the skins for them. I mean, it's, yes. just a, it's just the perfect picture. Yeah, he is so, him doing his it. grace. He, it's all him. Yeah. It's all him. We we have the freedom to say no. Mm. 
you know, we do. Theologians will argue over that. Is free will real or, you know, because God, God is sovereign, can there be a free will? You know, those are kind of, those are interesting theological, philosophical conversations that are great in the academic classroom. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to real life, the scripture says, to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who call on his name. The idea of belief, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, theologians and philosophers can argue about what the ins and outs are, but the scripture says our choice matters. And so we we have that choice, but he did all the work. He did everything. He called us. He created us. When we sold ourselves into the slavery of sin, he bought us back with Jesus. So technically, we're we're his twice, right? Mm. Through creation, through redemption, he did it all. Yeah. Uh, So what can I do? Obviously, I can't can't work for my salvation. Some popular religions are works-based. Well, it's not just popular religions. It's the nature of... Mankind, even for those who say, okay, I want to please God, mm-hmm. okay, which a whole lot aren't worried about pleasing God. There's, it's like, I want to please me. But right. even for those who are saying, I, I want to please God, there's this idea of, okay, so I'm going to be good enough. Mm. And there's that inherent pride, that inherent sense of I'm going to do it on my own. And the fact is we can't. We can't. There's none righteous, Scripture says, not one. Mm. And so that's why Jesus Christ, who lived a sinless life, and he he was tempted in every way as we were, but he himself didn't sin, the writer of Hebrews says. You know, so his death is the one that is once and for all, for all of us. And, and that's the thing. When we talk about Christmas, Baron, you know, and I talked about this this last weekend, we need to understand the gift of Christmas is the gift of a lamb. Um, you know, the idea of all throughout the Old Testament, this idea of a spotless lamb, when you see from the beginning with Abraham, it's called a sacrifice his son Isaac, and he's walking his son up and the hill, the mountain to sacrifice his son. And Isaac goes, Father, we've got the wood. We've got the stuff to make us a fire. Where's the lamb? Mm -hmm. And Abraham gives that amazing prophetic phrase that kind of echoes through the centuries. God himself will provide the lamb, my son. And they're walking up one of the mountains uh, in Mount Moriah. Correct. And we find out later that that's where the temple was built. And we know that it's right in that area where Jesus was crucified. And so it's like Abraham was speaking prophetically. On the same ground. On the, exactly. The same area is where Jesus was crucified 2,000 years later almost. Yeah. Almost 2,000 years later. The fulfillment of that. God himself will provide the lamb. And then, you know, we know that the Passover, when God was saving his people, he said, take a spotless lamb and be ready to go. The final plague is going to be the death of the firstborn and those with the blood of that spotless lamb on the doorposts and on the door frames will will be spared. And then, of course, Jesus, on the night he's betrayed in the upper room, he takes that Passover meal, which they're celebrating that event that Moses did, the spotless lamb. He's at the Passover meal, the Seder, and he takes the bread, he breaks it, and this is the first time disciples had ever heard that. They'd celebrated this thing every year for their whole life. And they're sitting almost routinely just listening, oh, how nice. He takes the bread, and then he says, this is my body broken for you. Mm. They'd never heard that before. Wow. You know, A few minutes later, he says, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. They'd never heard that before. All the years that they'd done the Seder, it's like Jesus is revealing, I am the spotless lamb. Wow. When we understand that the great gift of Christmas is a lamb. In your manger, we've got, the, of course, the, the infant. But just remember, that infant is a lamb. And he was there for the purpose of giving his life as a ransom for many.
and spotless at the same time. Yeah, without sinless, sin. without sin. Yep. Forever. Yep. That is so, so powerful. And again, those pictures that God told us with the plan the whole time. Yep. From the Passover, the, the image of the cross. Oh, yeah. Uh, in that Passover uh, to Abraham, or actually, you know, going before that with Abraham and, yeah. and Isaac. It's it's just, it's it's like it's right in front of you. Yeah. It's almost kind of black and white. And I just want to be sure as followers of Jesus Christ, as we think of Christmas, we don't, we, and I, I'm not I'm not some Scrooge, enjoy the nostalgia, enjoy the carols and the family gatherings and the exchanging of gifts. Have a blast. I love Christmas. I love the holiday season. But don't ever forget what this is all about. Mm-hmm. This is all about, the whole thing is Emmanuel, God with us, and why he came to be among us. He came to show us the Father and to sacrifice his life on our behalf. That's it. Everything from the moment he's born, he's on a clock mm-hmm. moving towards the cross. Yeah, yeah. And so we just need to understand that we're, we are celebrating and we give thanks for the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Remember when John introduced him to a pe- group of people today? It's like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. But to them, all those Jewish, those Jewish people listening to John the Baptist, when he points Jesus, the lamb of God, they knew exactly what he meant. That's Messiah that he's saying, that's the one who is going to come and give his life for many born to die. Yep. Yeah. That's the love of God. That's the love of God. And, you know, I mean, I think uh, I I heard a pretty neat exchange or I read about a neat exchange where a, uh, I think it was Max Lucado who wrote about it in his book, God Came Near. I wrote about someone listening to a Christian speaker talking about all of this. And the questioner was not a believer. And he said, didn't that kind of seem like far-fetched? Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't that seem impossible? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't that seem almost silly? Mm -hmm. Why would God do that? And, And to be honest with you, from our perspective, yes, it does. It, it just, you can't explain it outside of the amazing, incredible, eternal love of God. Mm. And, and just if you're listening to this, you know, I want you to know you are loved. Mm. You, you just, as you celebrate Christmas, and some of you, maybe you're struggling because you're going to be alone this Christmas. You're not alone. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is there with you. If you will open your heart to him and receive him. You, you know, if you're with your family and it's like, oh, I'm so tired, just... Rest in the knowledge that you are loved. Mm. He died for you. He wants to set you free from sin. He wants to fill your heart with his spirit. You don't have to be alone. You are unbelievably loved. And that should change everything. Pastor John, I'm going to ask you to challenge uh, us, challenge me, as we head out and do Christmas with our family. How should we reflect challenge God's you? love? Well, you, first of all, hard. you stop being so selfish. <laughs> you know, making me do all the work here. Mine. <laughs> The challenge is truly to reflect, to receive first. Mm -hmm. Truly receive the love of Jesus and then reflect the love of Jesus. Let him be central. Every celebration, every song, every Christmas carol. If you go to church, you know, River City, we have Christmas Eve services. Love to have you come out on on Saturday night. There's uh, the six o'clock service. And then on Sunday, we've got uh, 3.30 and five o'clock. want you to come on out and worship with us. Or maybe you're part of your family's going to another church. Go and just for a moment, just worship, give thanks, celebrate Jesus, be filled with his love. And then share that love. Mm. Christmas, the whole message of Christmas is a missional message. God so loved who? The world. It's not just 
you know, an American thing. It's not, these people say, well, that's a Western religion. That's just ignorant. I'm sorry. Christianity is not, it's Middle Eastern. It was the beginning. So many of the beginning serious teachers and origins were in Northern Africa, the Middle East, Turkey, Greece. When the church of Rome kind of grew in and Constantine comes along, then the Western world kind of catches up uh, but even that, he moves, Constantine moves the whole capital of the Roman Empire to Constantinople, or, you know, which became the Byzantine mm-hmm. Empire. Uh, you, just, you just need to know, this is for the whole world. Right. So it's not for just people who grew up in Christian homes or Christian countries or whatever. The world. It is for the world. Mm-hmm. And so remember that. So the, the, this is a missional time. Enjoy it, celebrate it, but always have your eye open to God. How do you want me to reflect your heart of love, of grace, and of giving? And it may hit you at Christmas dinner. It may be your brother-in-law who ticks you off and is trying to pick a fight again, and you're about to take the bait, and all of a sudden God reminds you, wait a minute, I loved enough to give. Will you love enough to give your brother-in-law grace? Um, Will you love enough to respond with a a soft answer, which turns away wrath? Um, We're going to have all kinds of opportunities. The thing is, will we keep our eyes open? Whew, Merry Christmas. That's a lot, Sean. That's the gospel. Yeah, it is. And But you, that's what the Christmas is all about. It yeah. is the launch of the gospel, right? Yeah. Actually, the, the launch of the gospel was before the creation of the world. But mm-hmm. Christian uh, Christmas is that manifestation of the long-awaited Lamb of God. Pastor Sean, I hope you have a very blessed Christmas with you and your family and a happy new year. And then we get ready for Easter. Yeah, yeah we will. <laughs> nothing else coming. in between. Just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, thanks for listening in to our, our program. Um, we are mm-hmm. very blessed that you would spend time with us. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. And um, again, you're invited out for Christmas Eve, 23rd and 24th. You can go to reallife.org, find out more about that. Um, on the 31st, don't come to River City. Uh, we are doing an online experience, and we're going to be sending that out. You can go to reallife.org and get that. Um, and that's, we really intentionally want to, I've got a very special message I'm going to be bringing for families and for people to enjoy together in their living rooms. Uh, I'm going to lead you through a, a time of taking communion together as a family. Awesome. So I encourage you to go to reallife.org and be a part of that. It's going to be great. And then we're back on January 7th and just going to continue following Jesus together. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. I pray that that would be the main thing that we would open and receive and share. Jesus, I pray that as we spend time with family and friends, that we would truly let you be the center of all of it. And I pray that it would be an amazing time, an amazing celebration. I pray for those who maybe feel alone this Christmas. I just ask that they would know that you love them and you're with them. Lord, for those who are so busy and just want to crash and burn, like feel like they're going to just fall off their feet, I just pray, Jesus, that you would bless them and give them your spirit. Give them rest. We thank you. Thank you for the gift of Christmas. Thank you for the Lamb of God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.